Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Thank you. Great. Well, it's wonderful, and there are a lot of great memories as we uh, come back here to this area uh, because of that special service that you all had for uh, Mark and Mike and their families in your parking lot. I'm surprised it's not still flooded from all the tears that were going in the parking lot. It was the last time to say goodbye as a family. We have them traveling. Obviously, we still see them once in a while. Okay, you know, it's obvious that we're still together, but Mark and Mike are no longer traveling together. Mike is now the uh, director of Southland Christian Camp, where it's warm, in Louisiana, and he's down there, and that's his responsibility, even though he's still traveling with his family. As a matter of fact, uh, they've been in Puerto Rico this last week, uh, serving down there, and we had to watch them a little bit live stream and to see how they're ministering now with those little little children that have grown up and are singing groups with them, and so it's wonderful to be able to see how the Lord is using their entire family. Mark is still on the road. He's in Kansas uh, right now, and he's traveling with another couple that he's recruited that were people that he met. Uh, that were at Southland. They met each other at Southland Christian Camp, and then they worked at the Wilds, where my other son, Matt, is. How many of you know Matt? I don't know. Has he ever been here? Probably not. He's the oldest and the orneriest. He's the... As a matter of fact, we tell people about Matt. One of the wonderful things about being at the Wilds, he gets to do the three things he's good at. He's a good preacher, he's a good singer, and he's a good goof-off. And so we say he gets to do all three. And if you've been to the skit times down at the wilds, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so he has the one that lost his wife. I, I, uh, one time when I was here, we talked about that, and I took you to James chapter 1. You may not remember the message or anything else, I'm not, but I'm not preaching it again. But just talking about how we have to allow trials to have their perfect work in us. And how many of us have been through trials? Everybody has been through trials. I tell people you've either coming out of a trial or you're going into a trial or you're right now in a trial. I mean, it's like that's just the way of life. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, in this world, there's going to be persecution. But you know what he also said? Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And Matt is now remarried to a wonderful young lady by the name of Tiffany. I have to tell you an interesting story that uh, uh, I didn't know when Matt first started liking Tiffany. Uh, He talked to us about that, but uh, as Julie was going through her sickness, through her colon cancer, and as she was getting worse and worse, and in her mind, she wasn't going to get better, we kept praying for the Lord to do a miracle, not knowing what was going to take place. But she would say to us, she would say, Now, I want Matt to remarry, and I want him to do it quickly. And here's why. He, my children need a mother, and he needs a wife. And we could all say amen to that. We all understood what she was talking about. And then she would say, and I have some ideas. (laughs) And we would say, we don't want to know about your ideas, Julie. Please, don't tell us about our ideas. But after she passed away and... uh, as Matt later on then started having an interest in Tiffany, 
Mark's wife, Amy, some of you may remember this, you may not, is, was Julie's sister. There were two girls in the Setchfield family. They all grew up at Tri-City as well. And so our boys got both of the Setchfield girls. Matt got uh, the oldest one, and Mark got the next oldest one. And so uh, Julie had told Amy three names of people that she thought would be a wonderful wife for her husband and a wonderful mother to her children. And when Matt started liking Tiffany, Amy came to Matt and said, Now, you may not want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. Julie told me three names, and Tiffany was on the list. And so we have uh, the blessing of Julie as she's in heaven with the new wife that God has given us, a new daughter-in-law, and it's been wonderful. I just could go on and on and talk about the grace of God through difficult circumstances. But I would just encourage you, if you don't have the CD resting, you may have it. You probably have every CD our family has ever done, because there's, even though there's one new one back there that they've done with their new team, so you may want to pick that up if you don't have that. But the CD resting that's back there was the one that was dedicated to Julie, a memorial to her passing, a lot of songs of comfort and encouragement and of trusting God. But there's also there's another CD in there that's Julie's testimony, uh, just a short time before she passed away as she gave it at the Wilds Christian Camp to the staff there, and the funeral message of, um, of Psalm 23, which has been used to bring many to the Lord around the, the world. And so uh, that, that's a, a special CD to us, to Resting in the Lord. And Matt sings that title song, Resting, and I don't know how he got through it, but he did. And uh, uh, Amy, Julie's sister, sings a song on there, Peace, He Gives Me Peace. And uh, that was her only sister, her big sister. She's now the only child left here on this earth. And so the challenge for her even, and to hear her singing that song, it's sure a blessing to me. I trust it'll be a blessing to you. We have the CDs back there that you've seen maybe millions of times here because of the Herbster team coming through here, but uh, they're available to you. We brought them along in case you don't have them or you're new to the church and you've never heard about the Herbster tree or the Herbster family. There's some wonderful music back there. And remember what I have said before when I was here. Next to the preaching of God's word, music is the most powerful influence in your life and the life of your children. And it's very, very important that you get good music in your homes, good music in your life. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I know sometimes we disagree what's spiritual and not spiritual, but one thing we ought to agree on, there are some songs that are spiritual and there are some songs that aren't spiritual. Pastor knows one of my concerns now is that there's people out there teaching that music is amoral. What's that mean? That means there's no right or wrong in music. And anything goes. And so we see a lot of the world's music uh, being trying to be used to communicate God's truth. And the music and the message need to match. And uh, I'm sure my sons have preached it here and all that other thing. But getting good music and having it going in your cars, having it going in your, uh, uh, in your homes, having it on your iPods, having it on your iPhones. I mean, it's just amazing what you can do now to keep good music before you so that you can be encouraged. How many of you have ever been to Washington, D.C.? May I see your hands? If you've been to Washington, D.C. How many of you are glad that you went to Washington, D.C.? I just spent the week in Washington, D.C., which is something that I do almost every month of the year. Because uh, now that I've left a full-time pastorate, I am helping a church in South Bend, Indiana, 
as they're looking for a pastor. I was, that was where I went as an assistant pastor. As I left the business world, I was a businessman in Chicago, went back to seminary in northern Indiana, and started attending Community Baptist Church, and uh, they were starting a Christian school, and they asked me to come on and uh, help them in the starting of the Christian school, and before I went on and got my doctor's degree, I did that. They lost their pastor. They've been going through some real trials and some real difficulties, and so they said, why don't you base out of South Bend for a while and help us until we find a new pastor? Two weeks ago, they had somebody there as a possibility. We had one last November that uh, they voted on, got an 83% vote, and pastor for community, that was a good vote. If you know everything that community's been through, that, I know sometimes we as pastors want 90%. And this guy obviously wanted more than 83.5% because he turned us down. It was kind of a disappointment. I was ready to take my wings and fly away, you know, and thinking everything. Uh, but uh, we're thanking the Lord for the opportunity of being used there and try to be a help to them, but I, I'm still out and about uh, promoting a new ministry that uh, I've come specifically to talk to you about today. So many things I could talk about and preach about, uh, but it's called Advance USA. It's, a, it's an organization that uh, John Ashcroft uh, encouraged me to, to start. How many of you remember the name John Ashcroft? May I see your hands? Why do you remember his name? Somebody tell me. By the way, I'm one of these guys that likes to talk. And at the end of the day, I, I mean talk back and forth, okay? I mean, you could tell you I like to talk. You understand I'm a preacher, okay? You, you heard the three great lies, right? I gave at the office, checks in the mail. I'm from the federal government. I've come to help you. <laughs> but there's also a fourth one. I'm an independent Baptist preacher, and I have a few words to say. That's the, that's the fourth one. But... Uh, um, uh, Senator Ash, John Ashcroft was the governor of the state of Missouri when I moved there to pastor Tri-City Baptist Church. I met him on an airplane flying back from Washington, D.C. as I'd gone to one of the meetings of the American Association of Christian Schools. Our church had a Christian school, and so I went to the meeting, and he invited me down to the governor's mansion to have a prayer time with him. As a matter of fact, every morning as governor... He had a time that he would ramp up, R-A-M-P, ramp up, read the scriptures, argue about them, memorize them, and pray. He said, we don't really argue, we discuss, but discuss didn't start with A, so I had to come up with something. So, and by the way, sometimes we would get, you know, he, he was uh, from the assembly of God. He was a born-again Christian that thought he could lose his salvation. That was the main thing that we... Uh, disagreed on. I said, the only difference between you and me, governor, is you think they lost it. I think they never had it. You know, First John says they went out from us because they were not of us. They would no doubt have remained with us, but they went out that it might be known that they were not all of us. Well, it's very interesting because uh, the Lord gave me the opportunity then to become the, the president of the Missouri Association of Christian Schools as he was governor, and we worked very closely together in uh, the state house, and education is supposed to be a state matter. Federal government has gotten involved, but it's supposed to be a state matter. And then he became a senator, and in God's providence, I became the president of the American Association of Christian Schools, and so he went to Washington, and, and I went, and we established an office there on Capitol Hill for the American Association of Christian Schools. It's there today. I was just there this last week. I was taking some other people and showing them uh, the, the office as we were meeting other members of Congress. And uh, in God's providence, he became the Attorney General. 
And my wife and I, Debbie, would you just at least wave or something? I think most everybody knows Debbie, but she's back there in the back, and you can get to know her better if you don't know her. Debbie and I had the privilege of being with him in his very last ramping up, his last prayer meeting, his last time together in the Attorney General's office, and I had the joy of giving the last prayer. Um, Before he left the Attorney General's office, I still stay in touch with him. He's a, a counselor. He's a friend. He's my brother in Christ. And he encouraged me to get more people involved in government. To get more people involved in making a difference in the world in which we live. Get more people involved in their community, in their state, and in their country. And so when I left the presidency of the American Association of Christian Schools, uh, I started an organization called Advance USA. And the name even came from one of his staff members, Jack Oliver, who was also the financial chair for uh, President George Bush during his term. And uh, it, it's a, uh, it reminds us, A, let's just think this through, Americans defending values and national conservative efforts advance in the USA. I'll say that for you one more time. You won't be quizzed till later in the day, okay? America's defending values and national conservative... uh, (laughs) Sorry. Um, Americans defending values and national conservative efforts, E, in the United States of America. That's what Advance USA is all about. And, And Governor Ashcroft, General Ashcroft, Senator Ashcroft, usually you call him by his high... John is the way I call him a lot of times, but General Ashcroft said, listen, Carl, it's not a lot of people that makes it difference. It's the right people that make the difference. The right people. And you know, folks, God says, if my people, which are called by my name, who is that? Would you raise your hand? It's us, and sad to say, a lot of us have opted out. Why have we opted out? Because politics is dirty. Well, you know why it's dirty? Because we opted out. If you ever have the opportunity to come to Washington, D.C. with me, I'll introduce you to a lot of very righteous people. As a matter of fact, uh, I know some of the members of the cabinet personally have heard their testimony, but of the appointees that just came out, eight of them have professed to be born-again Christians. Um, Governor, uh, now Secretary Price, uh, led a Bible study on Capitol Hill. Now heading up the health care. I was there this week after 27 hours. 27 hours they debated the repeal and replace bill. 27 hours. And when it was all over, uh, I was able to, I didn't stay the whole 27 hours. I just got there when they were going to vote so I could be there for that historic occasion. Kind of like I was there when Betsy DeVos was, uh, how many of you know Betsy DeVos? Is that somewhere around here? I mean, I think some... Grand Rapids, is that where? Okay, and uh, when she was nominated in Vice President Pence, by the way, Vice President Pence, you talk about a a solid born-again Christian that I've known since he was in in Congress and uh, worked with the education in Congress, and I was president of AACS at that time when I first got to know uh, Vice President Pence. I'm I'm telling you, more and more, uh, Mark Walker, 
who is now the head of the uh, Republican Study Committee. It's a group of about 175 Republicans. Um, Mark Walker is, was a pastor in North Carolina four years ago, decided that he needed to get involved and make a difference, ran in a primary against a rhino. How many of you know what a rhino is? Okay, I'm just trying to figure out who's, who's engaged and who's not engaged here. Rhino is Republican in name only. Now, folks, uh, we're a nonpartisan organization, but we're a biblical organization. So you don't look at parties, you don't look at personalities, you look at principles. That's what you look at. And platforms. Platforms will tell you something, too. Um, and, but Mark Walker is now the chairman of the Republican Study Committee that works through the, and studies different bills and different things and gives input uh, to the leadership. Mark Meadows. Have you heard anything about the Freedom Caucus? I mean, what do they tell you about the Freedom Caucus? What does the media tell you about the Freedom Caucus? Huh? Nah. They, they are the right-wingers, right? Well, guess who the head of the Freedom Caucus is? Mark Meadows, Representative Mark Meadows. Guess what area of the country he represents? North Carolina. Very good. But do you know specifically? The Wilds Christian Camp. Good personal friend. Born-again Christian. Loves to, to pray. There, there's a whole prayer caucus of people. I mean, I, I could just go on and on. And there are people that are, I would never run a run for office, but I'm glad there's some Christian people that are willing to do it. And it's God's people that have to get involved. And John Ashcroft said to me, listen, it's not somebody in Washington that the members want to hear from. It's somebody from back home that they want to hear from. Somebody that uh, will talk to them from hinderland. And so we decided to go to work trying to find people in congressional districts around the country that would get involved and get plugged in. And my job as the head of Advance USA is to find those people, whether they be ministries, whether they be businesses, whether they be somebody, somebody that represents others, uh, that I then help them to know how to build a relationship with their representative. And I meet them in Washington, D.C., as I had somebody there with me this last week, as I have a group of people there with me next month. And I, I introduce them to their members of Congress. I teach them how to get to know their staff members. I teach them how to make a difference in the life of their member. I call them ambassadors because they're ambassadors for Jesus Christ, number one. We need to represent Jesus Christ properly. But number two, they're ambassadors for righteousness because righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Proverbs 14, 34. That's our theme. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach. God said, I give you a blessing or I give you a curse. Deuteronomy chapter 11, right? I give you a blessing if you do what? If you obey the commands of the Lord your God. And I give you a curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God. Now, what, what did you wake up wanting this morning? You say, well, it was a curse losing an hour of sleep, so I already was cursed, you know, it was already done. But if you, what do you pray for? You're praying for God's blessing. And sad to say, sometimes we want God's blessing without being obedient to the God who will give us the blessing. 
Because whom the Lord loves, he, whether that's an individual, a family, a church, a state, or a country, God is the same. He's consistent. His character is solid. You can count on him. And so we need righteousness to once again exalt this nation because sin is a reproach, and so we need to help people understand what righteousness is. How do we know what's right and wrong? How do we know? This is it. Have you ever been called narrow? Yeah, good. That's probably a good sign. And you know what I tell people when they say that? Yes, I'm just as narrow as this book right here. This is it. I, I believe what the Bible says. And uh, how, how encouraging when you find those people in Washington, D.C. that believe the same way, but there are some that do not. But we're ambassadors. We're going to let them know what the Bible says, what the Bible says, what the Bible says. Because the Bible speaks to every issue. Maybe not specific in a verse, but in principle. General truths with which we make applications. And this nation was founded on biblical principles, and we need to get back to them. And we need to help our representatives understand it. Now, question. Who is your representative? Now, you can't have an influence on your representative. You can't pray in, by name for your representative. If, I'm, I'm talking, I, I'm Washington, D.C., okay? I know there's state work, state representatives, too. But the reason I ask you is because your districts have changed recently, and uh, you're right on the line. There are some of you that may be in one, and some may be in another, because, which is kind of neat, because as a church, you could go after two reps instead of just one. Wow, if you'd get involved, we'd be, we'd be working on two of them instead of one. Does anybody know who, where the church sets who, who's your rep? I heard it. Say it very loud. Jack Bergman. Bergman. Now, is this his first term? This is his first term. What a great time to get to know a representative when it's his first term. Now, there's another one just south of here that some of you may have, depending on where you live. And I have a hard time even pronouncing his name. That's it. Uh, Molinar. I, you probably said it right. I was Molinar. I just got represent Molinar. Now, the best way for me to get to know those people is not me trying to set up an appointment. And say I'm from North Carolina, and I'm coming to see you because I'm the head of Advance USA. You know, the best way for me to get to see them is I have somebody from your district coming to Washington D.C. Uh, to visit the Capitol, and they would like to meet you, and I'll, I'll go with you, and uh, guess what? We will get to see him, and we'll get to talk, either one of them. If they're somebody from their district, it's not difficult to see members of Congress. It is difficult to see members of the Senate, because in the Senate, they represent the whole state. And especially for you, in your state, you have two people that are not real excited about the issues I'm excited about. What are the issues I'm excited about? Thank you. I heard somebody say it. Righteousness issues. Biblical issues. Could, some, could you name some of them? Would you, would you talk to me and name some of them? Pro, you mean that's a biblical issue? Life? <laughs> and by the way, I'll just tell you this. The most exciting thing about the repeal of Obamacare, in my mind, is 
that no longer will there be tax funding for abortion as there was in the bomb and care bill. And added in as a little caveat, the defunding of Planned Parenthood, which supports, and that's in the bill. Now, the bill's not passed yet, okay? We could spend all day, because there's a process, you know. You have to go into committee, committee to the floor. The floor has to pass it, send it over to the Senate, goes back to committee, goes to the Senate there. And then if they didn't agree on the bill, it goes to conference, and they have to work everything out in conference. And that's why you have to be there and be on top of it all the time to make sure that uh, when it gets to the president's desk, who will sign it? Something people don't know is in the past, there's been a lot of bills that have gone from the House, that's do-nothing House. They had a stack of bills over at the Senate like this. And the Senate wouldn't pass them. And, of course, you've got different rules in the Senate. And there's all these kind of things that I love to teach you. But the main thing you need to know is that God wants you involved. God wants us involved. You say, prove it. Right? I mean, I I would want you to say that. I mean, please, don't ever be the kind of people that whatever pastor says, whatever preacher says, whatever, you know, that's how cults get started, okay? No, it's whatever God says. So turn to Matthew chapter 5, and let's just make sure and prove it. And by the way, there's brochures like this back there. And on that bro- in the middle of this brochure, and this is just talking about what you as a church could become. And if, if you would decide to, to, to be a part of a Advanced USA in the days ahead. But in the middle, it talks about the issues that we're involved in. Pro-life. Pro-family. Right? First institution God established. Uh, why is the devil attacking the family? Because that's the basic nation. That's the basic structure that uh, God established for our, our our communities. By the way, for our churches, for everything. I mean that that family structure. Then uh, pro morality. Sin is a reproach to who? Any people. We need to be holy. Then there's the pro justice. One of the most important reasons for voting for a conservative president was to get a conservative Supreme Court justice. And uh, if you haven't contacted your two senators yet and told them to support Judge Gorsuch, you should do so. Whether they will or not, I can't not say. But uh, Judge Gorsuch is a conservative man that's been nominated, and I think a lot of people voted the way they did in the presidential election because of the Supreme Court, and people should, because you can even pass a law and the courts can then say it's unconstitutional, and we the people don't matter anymore, it's only the courts. So we've got to pack the courts with good conservative people. And just Romans 13, I don't have time to show you all these things, but you just check out Romans 13 about righteousness and justice and who makes the decision, who goes to jail, and who doesn't, all those sort of things. So we're pro-justice and pro-religious freedom religious liberty, that we have the right to preach what we want to preach and what we desire to preach. Those are the issues that are biblical issues that we get involved in. Why? Because here's what Jesus said. Now, my Bible's a red letter edition, and some of you are shaking your head, yours is too. Now, all of the Bible is whatever God is inspired of God, okay? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So I'm but 
when I look and say, this is the Sermon on the Mount, this is the Beatitude, this is Jesus Christ himself speaking. This is God in the flesh saying this, okay? To us. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. Have you ever had anybody come up to you, sir, and come up to you and say, you're good for nothing? <laughs> I'm, I'm just using this illustration. I don't feel that way. You know that, but I'm just saying, okay. But, I mean, if somebody comes up and you're good for nothing, but, you know, oh, um, that's, that's not a very kind thing to say, is it? But Jesus says as Christians, we could be good for nothing. If we've lost our saltiness. And he goes on and he says, because if, you're, if you've lost your saltiness, it's henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that have lost their saltiness. Salt is to have an impact. Aren't you glad it does when the ice is all over your sidewalk? It's effective. It works. It's active. Salt, right? Salt, for us Southerners, it makes a ham last. Any Southerners here? You know, pack those old Southern. We'll just go to Cracker Barrel. You have any Cracker Barrels up here? No, no, not that. Oh, you, you have to go 50 miles or so, but I mean, maybe. but, you know, those pack, it's to preserve. Who's supposed to preserve this society in which we live? We are. We're to be salt. We're to be active. Effective. By the way, when I was growing up, uh, my mother didn't worry about any of these high salute, uh, you know, medical type stuff. She just, when I had a sore throat, salt. Some of you shaking. Some of you can relate, okay? Gargle with salt water. Oh, why? Because it disinfects. We got a lot of things in our society that need to be cleaned up and disinfected. But it only is when the salt is salty is it going to work. We've got to be salty. He says, you're the light of the world. A light that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. In other words, we're not supposed to hide ourselves and be afraid to speak out for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to let our light shine. Look what it says in verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We need people that are going to be shining for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, in Mayo, Michigan, but also in Washington, D.C. And we have a responsibility. What does light do? Light points the way. How many of you have a car with headlights? Good. They're still, still making them that way, right? Why? Because in a dark world, World, what do we need? We need to know where we're heading. We're in a dark world, my friends. We need to know where we're heading. And I don't care who's president. Without Jesus Christ and without God's word, we know not where we're going. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the light of the world. And we need to spread the light. And we're the ones that can do it. He says, we are to be salt, we are to be light. We are to be making sure that we're active 
and that uh, we're preserving the society in which we live for another generation. We're to point the way. We're to show the direction. We're to highlight what's right and what's wrong. And I, I don't answer for anybody else. I answer for me. But I have a responsibility before the Lord to be salt and light where I live and whoever I come in contact with. And that's why I purpose with the rest of the days that I have to not only try to be that salt and light myself, but also to um, gain an army. Gideon's band, if you would. That would become ambassadors for Jesus Christ and ambassadors for righteousness. And I've been so encouraged by the number of people who have gotten involved. And uh, here today to let you consider whether you, individually or as a church or as a business, maybe you should get involved and being salt and light so we can advance the cause of righteousness in a world that's gone crazy. You know, we have a little grace. I wish you could have gone to Washington, D.C. with me last year and then gone back to Washington, D.C. with me this year. No matter what your political persuasion might be, that's between you and the Lord. We all have to be on the side of righteousness as his children. And it's so exciting to all of a sudden hear about the issues that I've already highlighted to you being championed, being promoted, being debated, or before it wasn't even discussed. We have a little bit of opportunity. We have a door that's been pushed open just a little bit. Now's the time for us to enter in and make the difference that God wants us to make. We all have to make that decision, individually and as a church. And I appreciate Pastor allowing me to come in today and present to you the ministry of Advance USA. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.